Welcome to the Here and Now Motherhood podcast. Here and Now Motherhood is a nonprofit designed to support moms in their transition into motherhood. I'm your host, Nicole Hunt. Welcome to the Here and Now Motherhood podcast. Today, everybody, we have a special guest with us today, Kaylin. She's kind of a fitness guru here in the Johnson City area. Would you mind introducing yourself? Hey, you all. So I'm Kaylin Arnold, and I am um, a fitness instructor, and I am a boy mom through and through and have two wild little boys who are hyper and all boys. Awesome. Thank you. And how old are your boys now? So I have one that is 10 and he's in fifth grade, and I have a six-year-old who's in first grade. Thank you. So we are going to be sharing your motherhood story today, kind of going through your whole journey. Um, And before we really start digging into that, let's talk a little bit about before you were ever a mom. So what was your perception of motherhood before you ever started having kids? So I honestly didn't want to be a mom. I was not that girl that grew up like, I'm going to be a mom. I want this amount of kids. And I feel bad saying that, but I just never saw myself being a mom just because I've always been like fly off the seat of my pants and I'm kind of all over the place and I'm way too hyper to, you know, like sit down and like do the cuddling and the reading. So I honestly never thought I would be a mom because I thought it was just so much time and energy, I guess I would have to give to them. And I I guess I was selfish. I was young when I um, got married the first time. So I was very selfish and went into it saying, I'm not having kids. I'm, you know, I didn't want to do that route. I kind of wanted to do my thing and figure out what I wanted to do with my life and what career choices. So I thought motherhood, honestly, was something I'd never have. And I honestly thought it was just too much giving of yourself and you didn't get to have your own time, I guess, which is kind of selfish, but I was a selfish person back in my 20s. Um, So I just thought motherhood was just too much, honestly, to put it nicely. I mean, I do want to throw your 20-year-old self a bone. I mean, there was a little bit of kernel of truth in there that, yes, motherhood is is really hard. Uh, What are are your thoughts on that? Um, I do agree with that because I do think being a mom is probably the hardest job I've ever done, but it's the biggest blessing I've ever done. I think that you do have to give up a lot when you become a mom. And I feel like you have to, you know, give up things that you enjoy doing, give up, you know, you can't go get your nails done, get your hair done all the time because you have to give your kids everything and make sure that they have what they need. But it's still the biggest, the biggest blessing I've ever had. And I think that's like the other piece of it is that there are definitely pros to motherhood. Like it's not all the stress that we were talking about before. So let's talk about early motherhood for you. I understand that you had a miscarriage. Is that right? Yes, I actually um, got pregnant in November and found out um, whenever I was, I was supposed to be 12 weeks and I was actually had lost them. And I will go to my grave saying, this is the little girl, but January 29th, 2009, I actually ended up having a miscarriage and it kind of devastated me because I wasn't really excited when I found out I was pregnant. Um, but then I kind of had was like, Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have, you know, a baby and my life's going to be different. And when I lost it, it kind of, it ruined me. It was kind of like, okay, wait a minute. Like a part of me died, you know, I never really got to grieve it because at the same time, my mom was actually battling breast cancer. So 
I went in that morning and that I ended up having a DNC and then I had to go to the hospital the very next day as my mom was having surgery. So it's kind of like I never got to really deal with that. But it was like a part of me went gone, but it was like I was missing something whenever I lost this baby. And I'll always say it was my little girl and I was going to name her Carrington. But it was like that was the moment that I was like, OK, motherhood is for me. I do want to do this. You know, I'm going to stop being selfish. So it kind of was like my little moment of, OK, I can do this, you know, and it broke my heart. But I think that that's what I needed for the stepping stone to walk into being a mom. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, So as you're saying that, I was wondering, um, was that pregnancy a surprise for you? Um, It was was a surprise. I actually thought I had the flu (laughs) because I was sick during all three of my pregnancies. I was very sick. Um, And I thought I had the flu. And my husband at the time was like, "Um, I don't think you do. So I actually, whenever I took the test, I sat on the floor and cried because I didn't think that I was going to, you know, have a kid. I didn't expect my expect to be pregnant because I was actually on birth control um, and got pregnant with that one. So, yeah, that was a very much a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Did you um, feel that desire to be a mother while you were pregnant or was it after the miscarriage? Um, I finally was very excited right around Christmas time. So I would have been like seven weeks Um and I was very excited. Like I, I wanted to do it. Like I wanted, you know, all the good feels and like to feel them kick and all this stuff. But it was like the day that they told me because I didn't I had no clue I had lost it. It was just like my heart just sunk. And I was actually in the room by myself because I thought I was just going for a checkup. Um, and I actually called my mother and made my mom come up there because I just didn't understand. I mean, it's like it's something that you you hear about and, you know, people go through, but you personally don't expect to, yourself to go through it. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's not very common that anyone's going to be warning you about that. So it sounds like that chapter of your life was really intense. I mean, you had a miscarriage and your mom was having some health problems. So was that a pretty intense time for you? Yes, it was a lot. It was a, I learned a lot about faith and I was actually mad at God for a while about that. And then I actually started having a drinking problem and found out July 4th of that year that I was actually pregnant with my oldest son. So he was kind of like my little saving grace and he just doesn't realize it. I assumed you stopped drinking while you were pregnant with him. Is that right? Yes. I had stopped drinking and then I ended up, um, I had him and he was actually seven and a half weeks early. He, I say he broke my water. That was always my joke. He broke my water and, um, I ended up actually having to be transported to the hospital and that was a 23 hour labor. That was terrible. And I don't have a good delivery story. Like I'm not one to come talk to when you have a baby because mine was rough and I didn't like giving, giving birth, but um, he did end up having to spend 10 days in the NICU and he came home Valentine's day. So he's like my little Valentine baby. Uh, but it was, it was good to see him grow and the changes and like all the, nurses in the NICU and how amazing they were. And they were, you know, there because I left and didn't get to take my baby with me. Like I had to go home to a house where he wasn't there and he had to stay in the hospital by himself. And that was, that was hard. Like leaving your kid, I mean, he was in good hands, but it was very hard walking up there because they took him from me, but I held him for like five minutes and they took him from me and I had to go up to the NICU and, you know, and he's like sitting here and he has oxygen. He has like a 
tube down his uh, nose. I called it his feeding tube. It was his feeding tube. It was his lazy man garden hose because he wouldn't eat. You know, and he had this little IV in his head. And I still can see it almost 11 years later. But it was like devastating. It's like, that's my baby. I mean, and he was one of the bigger babies in the NICU. He was still uh, five pounds. So, I mean, he was a bigger baby to be seven weeks early. And so we brought him home and it was actually snowing that night. And he came home and he's been perfect since then. Like he had no problems being that early. Man, I am just so glad that he didn't have any lasting effects from that. Um, did he, was he born early then? Yeah, he was, uh, that he was actually seven and a half weeks early. Yeah, that's pretty early. Yeah, he was born at 32 weeks. So yeah, he was, he was early, but he's actually had no problems. So that's great. Uh, what was the pregnancy like with him up until that point? It was actually good. I, he, I was sick the whole time. Both my kids I was sick with. Um, and it was like morning sickness, afternoon, not time. But I had no problems besides the, the sickness that most moms do. I had, it was actually a good pregnancy. That's great. Uh, what was it like being pregnant after having a miscarriage? It was scary. It was actually very scary. I didn't tell me and my husband at the time did not tell anybody but our parents because we were just, you know, scared and you didn't, you always like every little move or every little like cramp or every, you know, going to the bathroom, you're just scared because it's like, what if? So every appointment I had to take somebody with me because I was so scared that they were going to be like, this is the one, you know, you lost another baby. So it was, it was very scary. And even after I hit the 12 weeks, it was one of them, like you prayed daily that, you know, you could keep growing this baby inside of you. Totally. I mean, I'm glad that you had people there to attend appointments with you. And I imagine that it was pretty scary. Um, so he was in the NICU and that sounds difficult to see your baby with a bunch of cords hooked up to them. What was that like for you? Was that scary or difficult? It was. Um, and he, I said, he, he was lazy and didn't want to eat. So he did That's why actually he was in there 10 days. So it was like after he started doing better and they moved him to the other side and he got all the, all of them taken and he was taking a bottle and everything. It was good to see like him go through those phases. You know, he came out like not being able to breathe on his own and, you know, couldn't eat on his own until eight days later, he's, you know, eaten and he's went into the other side and he's out of the incubator and all that. And then uh, when we got to come home, like they had to do the car seat test. So he had to sit in there and keep his heart rate up and everything. And it was funny to see because it, it was like this, you had this baby 10 days ago and he went through all this stuff and he was perfectly fine. So, I mean, it was hard to watch, but it was honestly, it was like watching a little miracle because he was so little whenever I had him. That's so awesome. It was like a miracle that you could see in front of you and could witness. Um, so when you took him home from the NICU, were you nervous? Were you excited? Um, I was nervous because I had never been around babies. I'm the baby of three, so I had never been around babies. Um, and he, he was the first boy in our family, so it was a whole new ball field, and I got peed on multiple times by this child. Um, a lot of sleepless nights because, you know, you're always like checking to make sure he's still good and checking to make sure, you know, all of his problems were still okay. So it was nerve wracking because I really didn't know what I was doing. And because I'd never changed a diaper in my life and I had, you know, never given a baby a bath or anything. So 
I had to learn a lot in the first like week <laughs> that he was home um, and learn that I could go without sleep, which is something that I didn't know I could do. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was good. I was scared, but it was a, it was a learning project process. Yeah, totally. And let's kind of like touch on the fact that you had stopped drinking while you were pregnant. So now you're back home with your baby. Um, do you feel like that made this part of your life a little more difficult or maybe it made you more grateful? How did it interact with it? It definitely made me more grateful that, um, I guess that I had something else to look forward to because, you know, it wasn't just going out and partying and drinking that now I had something that I could take care of. So I had someone to love me back and I had someone to be there for, you know, that needed me. Like I actually needed, I had a human that needed me. So I was very grateful. And I feel like, like I said, like he honestly was like my little saving grace and he just didn't know it 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it was just a really healing experience for you. Yes, that's, it was very healing. It was like, I, I, you know, I lost, lost a baby and I had to grow up and learn a lot. And then I had this little one that needed me. So, and then we, we got to grow up together. So, so you guys are back home. He's out of the NICU. He's doing really well. Um, tell me what that was like for you guys being home out of the NICU. Um, it was good. I was a stay-at-home mom then. Um, that was ta- that was in school. I think I was only taking like four classes, so that was actually good. And um, so I was home with him all the time. Which, looking back, I think for my mental health, it kind of was you know a little rough. But I didn't really know it at the time. But it was good because I got to have those moments with him and you know see all the first and watch all the first and be there for every little step that he had. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that's pretty common uh, for it to take a bit of a mental health toll when you're at home with the baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even if they're a little older, it's it's a little mental health some days. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) So um, tell me, what happened next in your life? So I ended up um, leaving his dad right after his first birthday, and I became a single mom living on my own for the first time. And I was 25. Yeah, I was 25. So never had lived by myself. Like I had, you know, I had my own bills taking care of everything. So I actually ended up having to work three jobs and then um, ended up going on food stamps and getting help. And it was like a very low moment in my life because I guess I was embarrassed that I had was there, but at the same time, like I was doing what I could do for my kid. I was doing what I could do to make sure he had everything he had. And it was like, I had to do it, but at the same time, like I was kind of embarrassed because I couldn't, you know, I was working and I was in school and I was trying to raise this kid on my own. So it was kind of like, okay, something's got to give. And then I actually ended up meeting my husband now when my son was three and started school again to get an um, education degree and found out we were pregnant. Now that was like a big shock because again, I was on birth control and um, ended up finding out that we were pregnant two days after we got engaged. (laughs) So it was like, well, we have the gift that keeps on giving and we are going to have a baby. (laughs) Wow. That's just like everything all happening at once. And you know, I'm sure that like other people experience that in their lives too, but 
for your life, it seems like everything's all clustered around each other. Okay. Oh, yes, they are. <laughs> and you end up, it's like you have nothing going on and you're trying to do it. And they're like, bam, here you go. And you're like, okay, let's take a deep breath and buckle down and do it. So, but yeah, I mean, it was, I will always say that my youngest, he's six. He was like my blessing in disguise. And I just didn't know that he was my missing puzzle piece. Like we had talked about that we wanted kids and we knew that, you know, eventually we would want one, but I was literally in my last year of college and I was going to start student teaching. So that wasn't really the plan, <laughs> plan, but he is the lot. Like he's like the, the funny kid who, you know, anytime that you're having a bad day, he can come up to you and just give you the biggest smile and give you the biggest hug. And it's like, okay, I can do this because, you know, your kids believe in you. So you have to believe in yourself. I love that. Um, do you feel like he had that personality his whole life or did he step into that uh, later on in his life? Uh, was was my kid that way? Yeah. Uh, he's always been that way. He is the kid that he has no filter. If he thinks it, he says it. Um, if you ask him his opinion, even if it's mean, he's going to tell you. He is very headstrong and he knows what he wants, but he loves making people laugh. He's been the silly Bull, like full belly giggle since like, you know, he really started laughing. And then you have my oldest one who is, you know, the biggest heart and opens doors for strangers and, you know, tries to give money away to the people that need it or, you know, sees a homeless person is like, mom, we need to go give them water. We need to go give them food. Like, so I have two totally different kids, but they're so much alike, but it's like, they bring so much joy in different aspects of being a mom, mom. That's awesome. Um, what's your younger son's name? My younger son's name is Braylon. So, um, tell me about being pregnant with Braylon. Um, it was actually a really good pregnancy. I was, I was sick. I still had morning sickness and stuff with him, but I was actually teaching classes, but when I had him, so I was still teaching like four Zumba classes a week and Ploxing classes with this big old belly, which was crazy. Um, and he was he was a very active baby. He never stopped moving, but he was actually good. And his delivery was they induced me from where I had eight and early. They went ahead and started giving me shots. So they induced me with him um, and his delivery was easy. The only thing with him is we found out January. Actually, when we found out we were having a boy that he um something was up with his kidneys and they didn't exactly know what. And they kept telling us it could be, you know, all these different things. And of course, when you're a mom and you're pregnant and you've already had, you know, one kid come early and then had a miscarriage. So all these things were going through our mind. So when we actually had him, they took him after about 30 minutes and ran all these tests on it on him and told us he might actually have to go to UT um, for surgery that night and came in there and was telling us all this stuff. So he, it's uh ended up having surgery at six months old because he had a pinch in his kidney, like in the tube. Um, but he ended up recovering. He has the cutest little scar on his side that he thinks he's, you know, really cool because he has a scar from where he had it. But he ended up having surgery and they told us, you know, he might have some bladder problems and all this. And he's had no problems either. So he's like my little blessing that had surgery and it was the scariest thing. But he came out of it really good. Man, that is just so great. Um I mean, both of your kids, I'm so glad that both of them have no lasting effects from that. Yeah, that's, I mean, for both of them, once we early, it's good. So you're kind of on this 
other side of motherhood, uh, a lot of the moms that we have on the podcast are kind of in the thick of it uh, with young motherhood, you know, potty training infants, but you're kind of on the other side where you can look back with a clear mind and see it for what it is. Yes. So tell us a little bit about finding your own identity, especially in those early years, because I know that's something that a lot of moms really tend to struggle with. Um, yes. And I actually see that in my studio a lot. Um, it took me a while to find me. I think that you go through like the early stages, you know, where you have to hold them more and, you know, you have to do everything for them and you have to be there literally for everything. And then they gradually get a little bit more independent and it gets sad. I mean, both my kids now can pretty much do everything besides cook their meals and wash their clothes. So they're both very independent. It took me probably having my second son to find my identity. And it probably took me till I was 30, to be honest with you. Um, so mm-hmm. I had a fi- I would have had a five-year-old and a uh, one-year-old then to figure out who Kaylin was, not just mom Kaylin and not just, you know, fitness instructor Kaylin or, you know, Brandon's wife. Like I was not just Aiden and Braylon's mom. Like I'm still Kaylin. And I think that you have to kind of step back and remember that you wear all these hats and, you know, all these people need you and, you know, the kids have to go through sports and they have, you know, practices and they have ball games and all this stuff, but you're allowed to still be yourself. Like you're allowed to still, you know, be who you were before you were a mom. I mean, yes, things change and you can't go out with your friends all the time, you know, and there's no like clubs to go to and all this, but you can still be yourself. Like you can still find joys in doing things for yourself, which is hard. And I'm a true believer in that. And I'm a true believer in preaching that to my girls at my own studio that, you know, You have to find your worth outside of being a mom. You have to take that hat off and do something for yourself, whether it's go for a walk, read a book, go for a hike, you know, whatever makes you happy. And it takes you a while to find yourself. It might take you, you know, to your kids are five. It might take them to your six, but you have to find yourself again. And it's a new you. It's a better you. It's a, you know, a more grown up, I guess you would say you, but it's, a different blessing whenever you find yourself and you realize that there's more to you than just being, you know, your kid's mom or being, you know, whatever your job is. And once you do, it's like almost a sigh of relief because you realize that it's okay to take time for yourself and it's okay to get a babysitter and go on a date with your husband or get a babysitter and, you know, just go shopping by yourself because especially if you're a stay at home mom, it's so much being home with my kids during the pandemic, the crazy time and being home with them for March until they went back to school in August. Every day they were with me every single day. We were like together. So it took me even that I had to refine my time to, you know, for myself. So for all the early moms, like the new stage moms and the moms going through, you know, the diapers and the potty training, it, it gets better. And then you have another stage and then you have your kids where like my 10 year old is wants to go in his room and listen to music and draw. And he don't really want to, you know, talk to me as much. And that's a new stage that we're going through. But each stage is a new blessing. Each stage is something that you learn from and that you get to grow with your kids and you get to see, you know, them succeed and do all these things they want to do. So it's kind of like, it's sad for the sense that they grow up that, you know, that they grow up so quickly, but the new state, the new ages are so much fun. Thank you for that. I think that's um, some of the best advice that I've ever heard about finding your own identity as a mom. I think it's so important. Yes. So um, 
tell me how your motherhood um, affected your emotional life and maybe your mental health. Um, I've always battled with with depression since I was 15, so over half my life. Um, it was hard. The first one, you know, I had, well, I mean, I had support with both of them, but, you know, they watched me closely because they told them, you know, she's battled depression. The second one, I actually had to go on medicine um, to help me function because I remember the day that my husband was leaving for the first time and I was going to have two kids with me and I was having a four-year-old and a newborn. I sat there at the kitchen washing bottles, just crying. Like, and he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just crying. You know, I had everything I'd ever dreamed of. You know, I had like the career that I loved and I had, you know, the husband and the family and I was just crying and it was actually him. And he was like, you, you might need something, you know, like he had, he was like, you might need some help. So I actually got on medicine then to help me cope with, you know, doing it all and being a mama too, and going through the stages of, you know, hating my body because I've always had like issues with my body. So it was like, I was going through, you know, trying to lose the weight, trying to get back to work, trying to, you know, grow my own business and my own career and just having a baby. So it was very hard on my mental health. I don't know if mine was really postpartum depression or if it was just, I dealt with depression forever. And I finally was like letting out that I needed help, which to any mom listening to this, it's okay to get help. It's okay to say, Hey, like doctor, I need something because I was ashamed for many years. Like I didn't want to get help, but there's nothing wrong. Like if you're a new mom and you postpartum depression is real, like mental health is real. Like it's okay to go get help. And it may, you may not have to have it forever. I mean, but it's okay to say, I need something to, you know, help me. That would seriously probably one of the best things I ever did for my kids to help myself. So was it hard for you to take that next step and get on medication or was it a relief? Cause I know that some people, um, it can be hard and some people are like, hallelujah, finally. Um, mine was actually hard. I actually was, um, I was in therapy, um, and my therapist made this comment to me and it stuck with me six years ago. And she said that if I was diabetic, I would go get help and get put on insulin. And she's like, just because you have depression and anxiety and PTSD and you need help does not mean anything. Cause I wouldn't tell, you know, somebody with high cholesterol not to get on cholesterol medicine. So it kind of stuck with me. And that was kind of like my aha moment and like my light bulb turned on that. It was like, it's okay to not be okay. Like it's okay to ask for help. And in five years of medicine, I have been on 10 or more because so many didn't help. So many, I would, you know, it would, I'd go on the highest dose and it wasn't helping anymore and they'd have to switch me again. So it's been a roller coaster, but it's been, it was worth it for me to get through those stages of my kid's life and get through the stages of actually building my business to be able to say, okay. And I actually came off of them two years ago and went on and do strictly just CBD oil now, but it was, it was a process. Like it was a lot for me to accept that, that, that I needed help, that I couldn't, I was not superwoman like I think I am. And I needed, you know, I'd taken on so much. So I was embarrassed and now I'm not, I mean, I'm very open about it. If you follow me, I talk about it all the time. Like I will tell you when I have a bad day, like I still have bad days, but I think it helped me for me to be able to help my clients and even help my kids if they end up having, you know, mental health problems. Thank you for being upfront about the fact that it was 
not a magic wand type thing. It was, there was some dissonance involved in it. Oh, there was no magic wand. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been, it's been a process for my, of my mental health. Um, but I think that both my kids have seen me, you know, have bad days and I'll tell, you know, I'm like, I'm having a bad day. I'm very open with them because they are older. So I can tell them. And I have a very supportive husband who is very much like you're in, a, you're, you're having a day. Like he can see it written all over me, even if I can't. So ladies have the support, even if it's not your spouse, like have the support and friends, like in your program, cause you have an amazing, you know, group of girls, like you need that support not just for your mental health, but for, you know, the emotional side of this and all the stages you're going to go through being a mom. Thank you. Um, we, you kind of touched on before how your relationship with your body changed. Um, and that's something that is very common during motherhood is that relationship with the body changing. Can you touch on that a bit? Um, yes. So I actually have battled with an eating disorder for like 10 years. Um, and most days it's fine. But when I had my second son, I actually was on the good side of trying to beat it. And, um, I was so small. I was only like 125 pounds when I got pregnant with him. So I gained about 40 pounds with him. And when I, after I had him, I had really gotten, I had just opened my first studio right after I had him. So, you know, all these people expected me to bounce back and I always heard, oh, you're going to bounce back. You're going to have your abs back. You're going to, but I didn't, I did not bounce back. There was no bouncing back for me. Um, so it was hard. I remember sitting in the bathtub many nights after I had him and just crying because, you know, I had this amazing kid, but I hated what I looked like. Like I hated my body. I hated, you know, the saggy skin, skin and all this, but it took me again till 30 to really be like, this is my body. Like it gave me two amazing kids. Like, you know, it's gave me lots of memories and lots of, you know, things that crazy stories. But I think that you have to look at it as, you know, we all have flaws and there's, I don't think there's a woman out there who can say they love everything about them, but you have to see the flaws and see what they gave you. You know, your stretch mark tells a story. Those scars tell a story. And I have moms come in all the time who had C-sections. They're like, I can't get rid of this. And I'm like, it's okay. You know why? Because anybody that has a six pack and a flat stomach, you know, they're just born that way. <laughs> you know, we aren't, everybody's different. So the journey to love my body has been hard. The journey to actually like, accept that, you know, I was huge and I had gained this weight with both my kids and all that, all that. And I'm never going to be a size four again. Like I, I accept that. Like I'm not going to be a size four. I had two kids, but I think you have to look in the mirror and, you know, see what your body can do. And it's amazing just the whole like being pregnant and growing this human inside of you. And it makes, you know, those little flaws and those stretch marks, it makes it okay because you got to have, have a kid, you know, and so many women want that. Totally. Um, I remember uh, I was talking with a mom and she told me that after she'd had her baby, she looked at herself in the mirror and just said to her body, I'll never disrespect you again because of the amazing things it, done, it had done. But it takes some time to get there often. It's not instant. It does. I mean, and if those women who can do it like a week later, like I admin, uh, you know, applaud them. But it's so if it takes you two years to be like, okay, I can love this body again, that's okay. I mean, it's, it's a process. And I think that that there's going to be like definitely ups and downs with that too. Oh yeah. 
Especially since um, your body changes, I definitely agree. Like your body's, and especially because your body's not going to be the same as like a 30-year-old versus a 40-year-old. Oh, yes. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about um, changes that you've seen in relationships from early motherhood going on to where you are now. Um, your friends change. <laughs> I hate to say that, but you you do lose some friends when you have a kid, like and you do gain some new mom friends who, I mean, who it's good because now that my kids are older, like their group of friends, like, you know, I know the parents, I know the moms and stuff. So that helps because they kind of know what you're going through or you can be like, is your kid got a smart mouth now? Like what happened to my, my baby? Um, so your, your friends come and go and you will lose the friends who don't have kids. I mean, I can think back to the people that kind of, you know, didn't just walk away, but you kind of, you know, I'm a, I had a new baby, like whenever my youngest was born, like I had to make sure, you know, that I was home right after I got done teaching all this. Like, so your friends change and your relationships change, but I think you end up getting your true friends and you have like, you know, that support. And some of my friends are older and their kids are older. So they give me advice when I'm like talking about they're doing something like, oh, it gets better, Kaylin, you know? So as relationships change because you grow up too, and you know, you have to do more things with your kids. I think you you find that group of mom friends that actually are there and understand what you're going through and that you can't just go have coffee every day or that you can't, you know, drop everything and go out with them because they're a mom too. They get it. You have to be home. <laughs> totally. And I think one of the things that surprised me was that um, that was kind of like a natural process. Like some people came into your life and some people dropped out and... Um, it just kind of happened naturally. Yes. Well, um, what are some other things, some advice that you have for moms who are listening? Um, enjoy the moments. I know that sounds silly because mine are still, they're still young, but I feel like I just blinked and I just gave birth to my almost 11 year old, you know, like the house is, the house can be a mess. I'm actually sitting here looking at my house like, man, but I see, you know, my kid's mask are laying here. One of my kid's signs is laying here that he just made their drawings and their jackets. It's okay. Those messes are going to be okay. I promise. Like go play a game with them and leave the dirty dishes, go sit there and watch a movie and eat popcorn. It's okay. If you're on a diet, like your kids are going to remember those moments. You know, you don't have to sit here and do elaborate trips and, you know, have this crazy busy schedule. Like they enjoy the moments. Like our thing is we've been having a family game, not like we either play clue or uno or guess who, like that's what our kids enjoy doing it. Like they enjoy those moments, make memories with your kids. And you know, if you need to take a breather and like walk outside for a minute, as long as your kids can, you know, be okay for a moment, do it. That's okay. Like that's what makes you a good mom. And don't, let anybody tell you how to raise your kids through yours. I had did that with my very first kid and, you know, got all this advice and it was like, okay, I'm, I'm a terrible mom. No, I knew my kid best. Like, you know, your kid best. So enjoy all the little moments, the messes. I promise like when mess goes to another, now there's Legos and Nerf bullets everywhere in my house and you find Nerf guns hidden in underwear drawers and I'm just shaking my head at him. But each moment, like you're going to want it back. Like I miss like, my kids wanting to hold my hand. They don't want to hold my hands no more. You know, my oldest one doesn't want to kiss me anymore. My youngest one's slowly getting out of that, like in the car line. So like, enjoy all those moments with them because 
you're going to blink and it's, they're going to be grown and you're like, whoa, okay, what happened to them? You know? Thank you for that. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add about, um, your story with motherhood? I don't think so. It's probably my boys are definitely my blessing and my why I get up every day and fight another day. (laughs) I love that. Um, since you do own your own business, uh, would you like to share how people can get a hold of you if they would like to? Um, you can find me on uh, Facebook with Kaylin Arnold or Lady Fit Studio. And then my website is Lady Fit Studio. And it is ladies only and we're all moms. And that's one thing I love about what you do too, because it's like you're building moms up and building ladies up that might not have it elsewhere. So... Well, thanks so much. Thank you for everything you do. And thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you for having me. Until next time, this has been the Here and Now Motherhood Podcast. 